up, dudes, and welcome to this week's <laughs> No Time to Grind. As always, I'm tripping while doing an ollie. It's Michael. And in his final form, it's Backhand Matt. Gnarly, bro. And whoa, it's Shrek. Adrian. Don't care, that was radical. <laughs> and if you haven't guessed by these sick lingos that we're acid dropping down this half pipe, oh, we played Tony Hawk's Underground 2. Now, we usually ask that yeah. you to subscribe, but I'm totally happy if you want to unsubscribe right now. I understand. <laughs> What are you talking about? I'm sorry for that, but um, that's the way it has to be when you're playing any Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, Thug, American Wasteland. That's the way it's got to be. And this one is that one to the max when you add in Bam Majera. Oh, what a great addition. What a beautiful addition. <laughs> Shack tap. Whoa. Whoa. Oh, Run around God. in your nude. It's basically Jackass <laughs> the skate game. Almost. What <laughs> Wasn't this my idea? What have I done? <laughs> You've brought back one of the greatest skate games ever. And I think it was pretty good. This is my first skate game that I've like played more than 30 seconds and owned as well. So this has been a very interesting journey for me. You guys, you played any... I know Adrian's played it because you're the one who was like, Thug 2, it's got to be Thug 2. Uh, yeah, it's, I've played heaps. I played like, I will bring this up later, but this is my kind of skate game. I played heaps of skate games when I was younger because I tried to be a little darty boy, but I'm not, um, but yeah, it's just, it was good to bring back the memories and like the music and the lines, you know, when you see, you just have lines of things in your head and you don't know where they come from. And then you finally find you're like, oh, that's where I've got that. This is one of those things. Where Can I have an example, please? Um, just the way they say things like half pipe and like, yeah, do the like manual. You got to like manual over that half pipe, dude. <laughs> like, it's just the, I feel like it was in my vocabulary and then it disappeared. I have a little bit of experience with Thug 2. I had a cousin who had it on PSP and I dive into it more later. But I actually think that that is the perfect platform for skate games. And, and and as an extension of that, therefore, the Switch would have been really good for Thug 2. But instead, played it on PC, which is how I played my first skating game, which was, I think, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 4 when I was like in primary school. We had it on the school computers. And so it was bringing back memories of that using a keyboard to play a skating game which is not the best way to play a skating game Uh, (laughs) no sir i would imagine so i played all of these on console and i'm curious what did you guys think of the keyboard see i don't i don't know about if you're playing it on a desk because that's how i'm imagining michael you're saying okay you're playing this on a desk on you know at the school computer that's on a desk but i played it on my laptop and on my lap having it it was like a little ddr for my fingers man it was it was crazy good, and I haven't played Skate, but from a, what I've heard, like Skate uses a different control scheme entirely mm. using the thumbsticks, uh, and I know that the way that Thug Two is played is with all the buttons in conjunction. Because I'd be like, okay, it's telling me to do an acid drop, and I'm pressing seven and nine, but it's not happening. 
And so I'd go and Google it and it'd be like, oh, you just press R1 and you can do it or something like that. And I'm like, oh, okay, so I'm stuck. So I can't do that challenge. Uh, but yeah, little DDR for my fingers. And that's how like skating is in my head. But with your, with your feet, skateboard is DDR. I'm imagining what? that Michael played this in the least skate boy like culture way. I imagine he played it like in an office with like knowledgeable books behind him at, at like complete <laughs> proper posture, ninety degrees, and all that kind of stuff. Like, ah, oh, yes, this is quite excellent. Oh, I did a kickflip. Is that was that accurate? <laughs> I'll tell you what, that's that's kind of how it felt because <laughs> trying to use a numpad to do tricks just feels like you're doing like hardcore accounting. <laughs> Which is like uh, three plus four, uh, square root of nine, uh, seven and nine. It's just, it, uh, like, maybe there's a bizarre logic to it. Maybe you're going, okay, well, two is Ollie because that's the center of the board, both your feet. Like, maybe there's a weird logic to it. But trying to couple that with, like, WASD doesn't feel natural. And also, keyboards have that problem compared to a controller you find this when you play, like, say, for example, like a GTA or something, where it's just a keyboard is just on and off. There's no, there's no easing. You can't yeah. like you don't. So when you turn, you're turning. Like oh, yeah. commence turn, turn complete, and you tap, lose a little bit of that. Yeah, tap and nuance. Tap an A and D because you you don't want to commit to a full turn, but you you gotta. So it's like just a little tap. So I remember it handling much nicer on ps2 and things oh, like yeah. that so keyboard not the best way and also like you said playing uh like some mad accountant <laughs> like you don't feel relaxed you don't feel like a true grommet which is skater lingo for the kids kids are grommets i think you found the best way to have to introduce maths to like teens is just like skateboarding but accounting like use that numpad God, I need yeah. to get my co- okay. So my work has this new thing where when you're paying for stuff, uh, the cu- like the customer will we do it like an online transaction. So you got to input the number and the amount of coworkers I have that try to use the numbers at the top of the keyboard and putting in the thing, <laughs> oh. and, and they're like, it's so slow. How do you do it? And I'm just there like, well, the same way that I do an ollie and a flip and a <laughs> drop in a second, man. I'm good with the numpad, so I, I. It's like you know how you pop shove it. Well, that's um, that's when you put in, you know, the uh, the BSB, and then when you kick flip, that's the account number. Lit- literally, it, it, I was um, putting in someone's. Uh, so, huh, at first, I was like, I can't say this because it's someone's details of the credit card. But yeah, I'm sure you'll be able to find this individual credit. Um, so. The date of expiry was a kickflip and two ollies. And I was like, huh. <laughs> I was like, there you go. Can we start defining the world by how many kickflips, ollies, impossibles, pop shovets, etc. something is? <laughs> like, uh, ha- I got a bunch of bananas. How much did it cost? Uh, you know, a couple of ollies. A couple of ollies. Goddamn. Also, on numbers, the point system in this, <laughs> some tricks... Like the caveman, which is literally putting your board down while you were while you were jumping, gives you like nine hundred points, which I feel like is too great a reward for maybe it's a tough move in reality, but in the game it's incredibly easy. 
Yeah, it, it's all based on realism. Yeah, I was going to say, that's one of the questions I had was, how hard are some things? Because those sticker stamps that you do that are so easy, I I feel like in real life, literally impossible. The laws of physics will not allow it. Yeah, that this these games, the Thug games, because they started to get so bombastic. I remember when Skate came out, it was like branding itself as like, you know, the realistic Skate game. Because Thug had gotten like... I mean, the pro skate games even weren't that realistic, but Thug was starting to get nuts. You like grinding explosives. Um, so they, these games were supposed to be like the the eighties action films of skate games, where it's just like, yes. oh my god, everything exploded, but you just like threw one grenade in. Like versus like skate comes out, and that was the turning point of like, oh, it's a more realistic skate game. You can control how the board flips by changing how your feet how you flick the board with your feet, which is more realistic to how to actually and, skate. And I'm just saying, because Tony Hawk, I know you're listening to this, um, but Skate's trademark has gone up, so I think that they should just do Tony Hawk Skate, combine the best of both worlds. Because they were getting, apparently they were getting a bit stale, but I think they could have a resurgence pretty easily if they just like really made a... Like, if they gave a shit. They tried... Um, Pro Skater 5 recently in last year or this year, and it did not go well. It was yeah, apparently it was a terribly made game. Yeah. Like, cash. I don't know if Cash Grab, I, I don't want to assume anything about the Tony Hawk brand, but it was like, there was no quality control. Yeah, I, I'm assuming, because from what I've heard, Pro Skater 5 is one of those situations where it's like, what Pro Skater 5? They stopped at 4. Like, yeah, we don't, we don't talk about it. They tried... Uh, and we don't talk about it. With that said, I was going to bring it up later, but now is a great time. This is these Thug and Thor games are a great candidate for a reboot. Do a trilogy oh, yeah. of Underground, Underground Two, and American Wasteland. Re-release that with upgraded graphics because I, I, every time I go back to a PS2 game, I'm just like I forget how low res some of these graphics can <laughs> yeah. be. Just like here's a wall, it's grey with a red splotch, and that's like gra- graffiti. So that's, that's what it looks like. Yeah, very yeah. stretched. Yeah, it's not good, even like on PC. Although I suppose I probably could have modded it because apparently Thug Two has the biggest mod community of Thug Pro, but yes. I didn't touch that because I didn't want to let that influence. Um, but do you is is a Thug Thug Two in American Wasteland? Are they the best? Because I don't know. Oh, here's I'm asking you. I mean. From a personal point of view, again, I was going to bring this up later, but I'll do it now. These, like, Thug, Thug 2, and Thor are the ones I grew up mainly on. I did play, like, Pro Skater, and I know Pro Skater 2 or 3, and that at that time, like, they are, like, the staple. Like, they're the ones that everyone goes to as, like, the best. But I always loved the fact that Thug and, and these ones have, like, stories, and, yet, like, you have a, a thread to follow through and a, and a nemesis and all this kind of stuff. And from what I looked at the very end in a walkthrough, they have a um, good ending and a bad ending, and I accidentally sided against Tony Hawk. I feel bad now. <laughs> yeah, know. like, it's it's more than just, because Pro Skate always felt like sandboxy. Like, here's a cool map you can grind on, and you go find horse, and then and, you yeah, do a big and combo, got... and then you move to the next one. Whereas this had, like, oh, you know, here's that statue you can grind on, and here's that, you know, flip over onto this boat now like and then on the boat you do a special boat thing and then there's 
there's Ben Franklin in here as well. You got to do the boat thing. I don't know. I just like that there was a bit more story and you can change. Oh, I always, I loved that in Thug 2, there's each level has like the different vehicle kind of thing. So the very first one's the guy on what is essentially a Segway. Yeah. And you can like change <laughs> over to him and do some of his stuff. Yeah, that was insane. That was really cool. Um, and I think the story is what, for me, makes this a game for a busy gamer because you had those episodic, like, you had the levels and you had tricks to do. And I understand that's how it works in Classic as well. But this, it felt smaller. Like, it felt a lot more manageable. There were a lot, like, do this one trick. That's your task. Do this one trick. Whereas in the Classic mode, which is, from what I'm aware, is what um, Pro Skater 1, 2, and 3 were. Yeah. It's like, you have 10 minutes to try to get a million points. And it's like, oh, I don't know. Like... I, I don't think there's much of a story in the pro skater games. And it's like, it's just like go to this area and do a bunch of stuff. This is good because it's do a bunch of stuff, but it's, you know, you have the world destruction to it. You're trying to do it to show off and do, you know, outdo the other people. So you feel like more of a reason to like grind those benches in a row. I think that the way that it's structured as well, if it was made today, like these were huge games. Yeah. Like at one point, Tony Hawk talked about, I watched in the interview that he did. At one point, he got met by a guy from Activision and they were having a catch-up about the games and the guy gave him a check for $4 million. Jeez. Like, these were huge. Even if you weren't a skater, you had these games on consoles and there's, like, there's heaps of advertising in them, there's great soundtracks. Like, there's a lot of... These were triple-A games all the way. But I think if they were made today, the way they're actually designed would lend itself better to an indie title. Being these kind of like, here are your goals in this in this level reminds me of something that a smaller team would make. And that's, I guess, where they ended up going with like American Wasteland, where they went like full story. Uh, there's like a money system. So you buy new boards and yeah, clothes. RPG almost. Yeah, and you're... And your, like, skate rink in the game is, like, uh, grown over time. You get, like, you start with, like, a vert ramp and then you can put in, like, a a half pipe and, uh, like, a, like this massive, like, snake sort of pipe thing. And so, like, they really tried to expand it. And I feel like that probably is the way to go. But it would be good to see it come back if if Activision gave it to a smaller team and said, hey, wind it back. Let's do, like, goals base gameplay and sort of keep it a bit more indie because I think I I think I don't really at least in the context of playing on a computer playing on a console I don't particularly like the goal system I think it's better for if it was like a good phone game or if it was on the switch like a like a pick up uh do a couple goals put down but sitting at my computer doing a goal-based skating game wasn't really doing it for me. Yeah, I can't understand that. Just like, it definitely does, if it did come back, if it was on Switch, or if they did a remake of the trilogy of Thug, Thug 2 and Thor on Switch, I think that would sell like hotcakes and it would be great, assuming they did it properly. Because, yeah, it really would be great on a portable device just to like, on the bus, you quickly, to, to work or whatever, you do some grinds, you do some combos, you try and hit that one like transfer you've been trying to get for ages, and then you're done. 
the PS Vita would not have died if it had gotten a Tony Hawk's game. Yeah, yeah. think about that. That's, That's very true fact. Because I a did, true fact. I didn't know, but the PSP had a version of this with like extra levels and stuff. Yeah, and it was cool because it's like you you play on the car. Like on on like a road trip, you're going like on holiday and just playing Tony Hawk's was was great. It was the perfect device for it. So come on, Switch, call Tony, call Tony. I, I what's he doing these days? He's not doing much. He's just tweeting. That's all he does. Is he tweets? Oh, and he um, adds more wrinkles to his face. I don't like how wrinkly and old he looks, <laughs> and he's still like doing like the nine hundred. So mean. Some of these moves, like you can pull off a nine hundred quite easily oh, in this yeah. game. It's it's ridiculous. Like it, the whole point was that it was ridiculous and bombastic. That's why games like Skate made their way to um, development. So, what do we think? Is it a game for a busy gamer? Yeah, I was going to say yes as well, but you do like. I didn't play it at a PC. I played it on a console and. That's a little less. It was still like troublesome to have to pull the console out. Does it still work? Does my barley copy work? Got to like pull out the TV with the eight with the RGB cables. Um, yeah, I'm gonna say yeah. Like, let's ignore like that. That was all me. I guess some people do play PC regularly. Like, I'd say yes. The game is how you play the game is another question entirely. I'm trying to keep my final rating really separate from this rating of is this a game for a busy gamer? For this one, it it feels one of the more unique situations that we've encountered because for now I am going to say that, yes, it is a game for a busy gamer because it has that sort of pick-up-and-play mentality, smash out a few goals, do some cool tricks, see what you can do. There's a bunch of game modes. Um, I imagine that it would be really good still playing like horse or like... Is there even like a like a split screen mode in this one? I don't think so. Okay, because I think it did get to that point where you could have like simultaneous skating during the series, and so like that was always really good with friends. Um, so for now, this is a bit game for a busy gamer. Well, let's work into uh, our inventory management and talk about our upcoming games. Previously, we have said Deadly Premonition, and that still is on the cards, but it's a little bit before it comes out on Switch. So in the meantime, and I'll let Matt handle this one, we're going to do, drumroll, Pokemon Sword and Pokemon Shield. Yes. Most important question, which which versions are you guys getting? Well, I'm getting both, and I'm playing Sword. (laughs) What? Mr. Moneybags. Oh, no. I'm very poor. I I had to go, well, no Death Stranding for me. I'm going to get Pokemon next week. Are you going to be, like, playing both at simultaneously? Or are you, like, is he playing one while your partner plays the other? Bingo. You got it. Which one will you be picking up first? I'll be getting Sword. Okay. that That's the important piece of info here. I will be playing Sword as well because it has better version exclusives. I'm all about that Sir Fetched. Well, you won't be getting diversity here because I too will be playing sword. <laughs> Excellent. So, who wants who wants shield? No one. My well, partner. <laughs> yeah, same with my partner because Glarian Ponyta is very cute, but I'm a man and I can't have that. 
Now, it's the other things as well. I don't like Gumi. I'd rather like Dino or Hakamoa. Gumi's a pretty good. Pr- Gumi's pretty good if you got a rain dance team, which I don't know how good of a rain dance team that you could really have, considering there's uh, some Pokemon are not going to be making it for this one, which is pretty sad. And you keep that filthy meta out of here. I am a casual Pokemon player. You keep that out of here. All I care about is my beloveds, and what do you mean I'm not getting all my beloveds? Well, yeah, you you did say that your favorite was um, Cyndaquil? Yes, I have a soft spot for Cyndaquil because that is the best generation Gen 2. Hey, well, you I, back off. I've got a... I've got a Cyndaquil right here in my Ultra Sun game that I'm <laughs> playing right now. Uh, but you can't ever enjoy your little Cyndaquil friend on the Switch, probably. Yeah. I'm calling it now. You would never see a Cyndaquil on the Switch. No, Season oh, 2 no. Battle Pass will introduce Cyndaquil. Oh, probably. Like, to be honest, if they if they want good money and they want to be, like, smart and Business evil, that, that's yeah. how... Ha- that's how they do it, but I think they're being business dumb, and they're going. Ah, the excuse they were running with was animations, but they've cut out Pokemon from Gen One, which they have every single animation from Pokemon Let's Go. So there's probably a space limitation. Like I, I, I can completely understand the questions. The two questions I have are, and you'll have to answer this, Matt, because you're the you're the Pokemon. Mm. Um, has every previous version of the game, i.e. Gen 7 games, included every Pokemon from the previous gens? Yeah. So they've always included everything, and this is the first one where they're cutting soft stuff out. Yeah. Okay, that's interesting. So what the 3DS can do, apparently the Switch cannot. Well, Question changed, mark? Like, I don't know, we really got to get our hands around, um, around the game because like, I can see that like, if they've changed... If they've done a massive like console sweep and update of how the game plays, like maybe you know having all the the open world areas and the large raid battles and all this extra stuff you can now do, maybe that's a reason why. I don't mind. I mean, I, I'm not a super fanboy, and while Gen One is my, um, I'm a simpleton. Gen One is my my gen. I don't mind not having everything because I don't know. I, I'm I I kind of want to get into a new gen. I want to sink my teeth into a Pokemon game. For the first time in a long time, I tried with Let's Go, um, but it just didn't sit sit with me all the way. Well, we've kind of gone through this before because when Gen Three came out on Game Boy Advance, there was no way to get your Game Boy Color, so Gen One and Two, to Gen Three, and they had to re-release Gen One as Fire Red and Leaf Green. Uh, so they all existed in the decks, and all the Pokemon like appeared in like Ruby, Sapphire, and Emerald, but initially you couldn't get them. So there's a possibility that during Gen Eight, like what one is, which one of the previous gens is due for a remake? Would that be Diamond Pearl? Yeah, that's what people are hoping for. But the the problem is, well, they've in interviews pretty much gone, we're not going to update the game. We're probably not going to have every Pokemon in the next game either. Like that's what Ooh. that's what Masuda has said in interviews. The Pokemon subreddit is ravenous. If you admit there that you're buying the game, they have been doing some shady stuff. If you are a fan of Pokemon, 
sword and shield and you don't mind. Like, I'm still hot. Blah, blah, blah. <clears throat> I'm so hyped I forgot how to talk. And I do podcasts. Crazy. Uh, but if you want to support Pokemon Sword and Shield, don't go to Pokemon subreddit. you got to go to the Pokemon Sword and Shield subreddit. Because, yeah, they are, they're ravenous. They're all like, get rid of Game Freak. It's time for Nintendo to find another company because it's incompetency. Uh, and <laughs> That's a little fast. So they want a boycott. They want like a full-on... Oh, yeah. Po- Pokemon subreddit is boycotting. It's... It will not affect the sales at all. <laughs> oh, no. It, it won't affect the sales. And, like, it's it's not going to change much because they are. it's such a big thing. But really, it's like... There's a kid in one of the trailers. So in one of the trailers, you've got a weather vane with Fletchling, not in the game. And then you've got a kid who's got a Poliwag shirt, and Poliwag's not in the game. It's like... Maybe they're doing what? some Smash Ultimate stuff where it's like, we couldn't possibly have every character from every franchise, so here's a trophy, and here's a sticker. Like, here's little Easter eggs towards the characters we, we can't fit in. I I just think... Like, I don't mind the game i just don't like lying and it's abundant lying from parts of developers just say we want more money we like well they're obviously never going to say that but the things the excuses that they've come up with are so thinly veiled that it's just that's what's not cool but is the actual problem something they can't talk about like is this a disconnect between developers and publishers because like Game Freak is now run by the Pokemon company who is straight up just Nintendo. Yeah, it could. And so are they getting to the point where they're going, uh, we don't want you to put everything in one game. See, that's what I want. You're on of. this time limit or we're giving you this much budget. It'll only allow you to do that and we can make more money later. That's what I wonder. But my my thing is, is one uh, Game Freak has like a history of not being good developers. Uh, like if like you look at, sneaky. or like Gold and Silver, apparently was just not going to happen until, um, gosh, one of the best Nintendo employees in the world, whose name escapes me right now, Shigeru Miyamoto. I, nah, um, Satoru Iwata. Yeah, Iwata came up and was like, "Here, let me fix. Like, I'll fix your game." Uh, and made it so that you could have Gen 1 Pokemon and that you could have the entire Kanto region in it before they weren't going to have that. And Yeah, because he, he did great work on, like, compressing the files and things like that. Yeah. Uh, so, and then you look at Nintendo's other work, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, everyone is here, whereas Pokemon is like, nobody's here. Over, <laughs> half, over half are missing. And that's, that's a bit like, and I can 100% get down with starting off with 400 that's how sun works you only get so much until you can transfer them but to go oh and you never get to do that and you can transfer your pokemon to pokemon home and in interviews they've said that's all it is it's just a pc that's it and it's like you could do so much more you could make it into pokemon showdown where you could input your pokemon into that and then battle over mobile how fantastic would that be but maybe nah. it, maybe it is just like if it is like thinly veiled excuses it could just be that like the switch just doesn't have the capabilities to hold that many pokemon and all the anime like maybe it is a technical limitation but if they're owned Mate. by nintendo they don't they don't, no like nintendo's like no you can't say that the switch doesn't have like 
like the ability to do this. That's bad press. Just say and you know, make if it up. If the Witcher can be on the Switch, <laughs> at if Skyrim story, can hey, be on the come Switch, on. it's. Well, I think that with all this great speculation, <laughs> there's only one thing to do, and that is we'll play the game in the next fortnight. <laughs> That's ridiculous. And Let's then keep reconvene. <laughs> we'll reconvene and see if our see if it actually like see if it actually matters. You hardcore fanboys. Not me. I don't care. I don't care. I'm. I almost wanted wanted to say like they should have just cut everything and started like completely button off and be like that was. Season one of whatever of Pokemon. Now, welcome to season two, where we start at Gen eight, and it's completely in a different world, a different universe. If it wasn't for Gen five, we could have every Pokemon. So, if you don't mind, could we just delete Gen five Pokemon, and I'll be, I'll be fine because I don't care about Gen five. I know that's Matt's like one of his favorite gens. That's what I'm saying. Shake my damn head. All right, let's let's leave that for the next episode. You just and... don't know what you're saying. You don't know the statistics. That's like going, I like playing as Shrek because he's got the good, got the good stats. Doesn't make sense. Their stats are all the same. All right, now <laughs> Tony Hawk's Underground. Let's move it back to the discussion <laughs> at hand. Oh, actually, I got a good segue. Okay. You know what I'm really excited for in Pokemon Sword and Shield? Toby Fox is doing the music. Speaking of good tunes. <laughs> he's doing one song. I don't think he's doing all of the music. He's doing some of them, okay. I've heard that. He, I only heard him. He, I heard. I read a tweet where he said he's only doing one. But, well, that, um, but yes, I'm a lot sadder of now. Good tunes. <laughs> Thug 2 and tunes. Oh, what a tuna sandwich. Am I right? Oh, like, gosh. Absolutely swimming in brine here. We have chili peppers. We had Metallica. I'm pretty sure this song introduced me to Johnny Cash's Ring of Fire, which is quite a weird thing to say, but it's there. <laughs> this oh, Frank Sinatra's That's Life, yeah. which is back in like pop culture thanks to Joker. Yeah, I watched Joker and I came back and played this and I was like, uh, he's still here. <laughs> oh. What a what a lineup. I feel that that Tony Hawk, like looking back, I'm like, did Tony Hawk's like have a say on my taste in music. Very I possibly. think it. Af- I reckon it affected pretty much the culture of music for kids our age. I think it shifted the dynamic. There's so many songs that I only know from. Like I hear them, and in my mind, I'm skating. Like I, I'm instantly transported to like doing 720 like Christ airs. Like 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 a like Blitzkrieg pop. Like I, I swear I only know that I just assumed that was someone wrote that for Tony Hawks until I heard it somewhere else. Songs like that. I don't know if that one's in this one, but it's 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 in one of them. And like This one has Rock and Roll High School by Ramones. Yeah, it's just got so many bangers. And it's like yeah, from across a crazy amount of like generations and styles. We got like Power of Equality from the Chili Peppers in the nineties, and you got like Metallica, but then yeah, Frank Sinatra, huh? The Doors, yeah. Oh, it's it's great. They they've always picked great. The Living End made an appearance. Yeah, yeah. It's there's heaps. Well, I want. I'm curious though. Okay, let's say they whether they uh, whether they make a completely new like story based Tony Hawk's game or port these. What do you think would be in a modern soundtrack for it? Would you would you expect like lo-fi hip hop beats or would you expect like modern rock and punk kind of stuff. 
I would want punk, but like Frank Sinatra doesn't fit in with the rest, so why not have one EDM in there? You know. Yeah, uh, Naughty Monsters and Nice Sprites, the, the Skrillex song. Uh, you can slip in some like some childish Gambino, I imagine. Yeah, it, I reckon it would work. I don't know what. I guess I guess modern skaters are probably like Triple J fans these days because quite a few of these like punk music was alternative. Yeah, it was all counter. These punk bands. Yeah. They became huge and became mainstream, but they didn't set out that way. So, like, I guess you maybe you're gonna have some like Ocean Alley in there on a modern one. But I don't know if that's know. just because like Australia, like Triple J is very Australian. Yeah. So what's it, in like America? It is, but what's counterculture in America? I, that's the thing. I don't know who's like who's big at the moment. But just as an example, sort of going like, oh well, like this kind of funk Aussie rock is sort of like in at the moment. As well as yeah, Tame Impala on there. <laughs> yeah, like is it a bit more psychedelic these days? Is it a bit more? Is it dance? Is it like EDM? We need to hit the streets and ask the skaters. Is it Post Malone? Is Post Malone a skater? I, I, I reckon can, Post I Malone that. would be skater music. I imagine that because he's he's like really kind of he's he's popular, but he's you know what the worst part is? You'd probably get a Billie Eilish song in there if you did it right now. Yeah. And I don't, I'm not happy with that, but like, that's the kind of thing is, um, I think there are pop songs still, but I think that a lot of pop is kind of what the cool kids listen to because Spotify streaming, like if a song is cool, it will immediately become popular. You know, it's not like back in the day you may had a CD. It was like, this is Metallica and you look at the CD and it's smudged because he wrote it in a texture and clearly touched it before it was ready to be (laughs) like, um, so music wise, this is brilliant. And I think rock and roll high school is the first Ramon song I actually properly have listened to in my life. And it has prompted me to make a rock playlist of over like 300 songs, including Metallica because I hadn't, at that one. It's good stuff. I'm very happy. How do you guys feel about the gameplay? Does it feel smooth? Because, like, I've, I'm always, I'm just straight onto it. Like, I just know the gameplay because I've played it so much in my youth. How did you guys feel? The mechanics are really well designed. I think by the time of uh, Underground, like, I know that, like you said before, that the pro skater is sort of looked on as like being like for purists. But I remember playing those older ones and they didn't, you didn't handle as well on the board as you do now. And it's like, it's like, it's very clean for a game that no longer looks particularly good. And like, I guess, I guess like that's a bit unfair. It looks, it looks fine. It's just on my PC anyway, it can't, it can't, cannot do 16 by 9 properly it's and it's not just stretched <laughs> yeah uh but it's like it is amazing that it's it's that old thing about how nintendo wouldn't begin any levels for super mario 64 until it felt good to run around as mario yeah. and this feels the same that it's like and unless it feels fun to just skate then there would be no point moving on to uh the challenges or the story with 
Tony Hawk and Bam Majera. Like it just feels it just feels nice to like do some tricks to sit to to skate around, see the sights. Sometimes I found myself not even pulling off tricks and just kind of like traversing the map, just kind of getting around because I wanted to see things because it just it just feels good. What about you, Matt? This is your first real skate game. How did how was your whole experience? Is it everything that skate games have been made out to be? Yeah, it was really good. Um, and like Michael was saying, you, you, you're in these levels and at the end of it, you didn't even need to 100% know the layout of the level. It certainly helped for some things. Like there's this uh, one challenge that you have to get from the top of the hill to the bottom of the hill, doing all these impossible grinds. But you could just skate and you could just explore the level like you know mario you don't need to know the level to be able to go i see the star i want to get to the star it got to a point where you know once you get have that skill level you can just kind of do whatever it is your playground it's crazy it's probably why they named it that one that said the levels are so like memorable like i i always get confused between what things are in thug and what things are in thug too because they just kind of mesh together in time but coming back and playing and being like oh this level the australian level what a what a throwback like and the very first one like i feel like i jumped in was like i know where everything is immediately like i know that i can go over the other side and there's those vents near the hospital and then the boat's over there and there's a construction site like it stuck with me through a decade of not playing I felt that Berlin was was a little bit forgettable, but as soon as I, but I forgot Australia was in this one. Yeah, and then as soon as it hit, I was like, "Oh, this is like I used to play this one all the time because they even have Australian accents, <laughs> like the pedestrians." And that one- I was a little bit worried when I saw that the Secret Skater was an Aboriginal sitting in a go kart, uh, and I was like, "What are they going to do for his voice?" Because it is like it is Bam Majera. It is basically jackass in a game, and there's a lot of stereotypes going on. But he's just an Aussie, and I was like, "Oh, well done!" I was you. expecting like a terrible stereotype. Turns out that you're the racist, Michael. <laughs> Turns out it was me all along. Is no, actually, it was just cool. <laughs> yeah, it was a pleasant surprise seeing Australia pop up. I was not expecting us to be on the map. It was good. I, I I like this game. It lived up to my expectations. And I'm pretty sure that's a good thing. Like people have been talking about these games when I was a kid, and to me, that's like it, it's like a legend, like a local myth. You know, I would go to my cousin's house and I'd play, but I'd be horrible. So to actually have it, you know, yeah, it's like having this story, you know, this myth, the mythical object, and now it's in my hands. Now I've got it. It's always good when a game that everyone says is really good is actually good. Like, you know, it's the classic, uh, oh, you got to watch Pulp Fiction. It's a great movie. Oh, it's legendary. It's ch- And then you watch it at 2 a.m. and you hate it. It's like, why, is, why does everyone love this? <laughs> so it's good when things do turn out like that. It's like, oh, this actually is a really good game. Just like graphics aside, because that's, that's time that's set in its time. It's a really good game. It's a really good movie. So I'm glad that you uh, it lived up to your expectations or the expectations everyone else set for you. Probably me. I mean, I did the story. I did some classic mode. Uh, 
it was it was all fun. Like I didn't have a time where I wasn't having fun. And I want again, I've said this with so many things on this podcast, but I want more of it. Let's get it again. Let's bring it back, boys. That's why I think it's a perfect remake candidate. Like with every other trilogy that's being like remastered and remade, this would be perfect. And they like they tried a new one and it flopped for whatever reason. So why not bring back the classics? How do you guys feel about some of the challenges? Do you think there were any that were too tough for you? There were there were some pretty like tricky things. At least I felt that, but I felt that the keyboard was kind of holding me back. I was like, if if this was 12-year-old Michael on his PlayStation 2, he would have nailed this. So I felt I was a little bit restricted by the actual controls. Um, but it was obviously all possible because Matt is living proof because you finished. I didn't actually finish this time around. Um, thoughts, Matt? I, yeah, I thought it plays, like, I think it plays well on a keyboard. But then again, I had it, see, I had it on my lap. It's, so that's, it's a very different experience. I feel. More interactive. Yeah, um, whereas I can see playing on the keyboard would be not good, but I reckon the best thing would 100% be if we got a remake on the Switch or a sequel on the Switch, Thug 3. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I trust them doing new games just yet. If, after Pro Skater 5, I'd rather see the remakes and then then do a new one. <laughs> like, let me relive those great memories in high definition and then give me a new story. I think that being said, if we look at the final rating, I have a feeling I know which way maybe Matt is leaning. I'm not too sure about which way you're leaning, Adrian, but I'm actually going to put this one in at a find time to grind. Uh, you know what? Not a, not a make time. I'm 100% agreeing with you. Like It's it's a great game, and if you want to play a skate game, this is this is one of them. Like This is the this. One of these three, I there's a note here someone put that says this is not better than American Wasteland, but I think this is, I think this is a good, as just as good an entry as American Wasteland. So maybe if you want to get into a skate game and Tony Hawk's Pro Skater Five ain't doing it for you, it's a make time. But I think across the board, generally, find some time to grind. I put the note in. Okay, and why was that? For it's well. Since discussing it further with you, I've realized that it's not about which one is better. Um, American Wasteland is just different in a way that I enjoyed. Okay. I think I preferred uh, a more like sort of complete story mode rather than a challenge mode that it still is in story mode. Um, and so it's like, I think having gone through it all, that's just preference. This one probably deserves a remake ahead of American Wasteland because it lends itself to that pickup play. Like it is perfect for busy gamers, for portable devices like the Switch. Like that one, this one deserves the remake. I reckon all three, but um, yeah, it, it's good. Like when people say, you know, when you listen, look at like, a hundred albums you have to look listen to before you die. And it's always like it's like a good spread of like a few different genres. It's not just like the best like rock albums or whatever. This is like if you had to play like some of the best games of all time and you were trying to get across a bit all of the genres, I think this might be the uh the skate game to play. That's fair. I'll have to trust your guys' judgment on that one. 
all I want to say is you need to make time to grind a skate game, I think. My my blanket statement would be you got to find time to grind uh, make time to grind uh from Pro Skater 1 to Pro Skater 4. One of those you have to play one of those in your lifetime as a gamer. But for this one, if you've already played some of them, a fine time. It was a great experience. Uh, is it going to change your life if you've already played one? I don't think so. As this is my first one, it has changed my life. I want to. <laughs> I want skate games. Skate games are fun. Uh, yeah, it's enjoyable experience. I recommend picking it up. It's and it's also okay. It's very easy to acquire these games if you know what I mean. It's very publicly accessible to acquire <laughs> these games on PC if you know what I mean. So, I feel like they've been abandoned, if you know what I mean. <laughs> That's okay. These games were publicly available even before the internet was popular. <laughs> Let's say my uh, physical edition was a publicly available in a different country. <laughs> uh, and... There we have it. That's our thoughts on Tony Hawk's Underground 2. Yeah. If, remember to give us a like. If you subscribe, if you haven't already, because we've got exciting episodes always. Next week is Pokemon. And uh, if you're a Pokemon fan, uh, there's no one more knowledgeable on the series that I can think of than Mr. Matthew. He's your voice. He's the voice of the people. I'm saying hello. Now. He's the uh, He's the voice of the people. I know. I feel like I'm the voice of both sides because I'm excited, but I am also very disappointed. Very conflicting, but uh, not to bogart the spotlight here, but make sure Ooh. to hit us up on Facebook at No Time to Grind Podcast or Instagram at um, no, uh, blah blah. <laughs> Good lord, this podcast is ruining me. <laughs> <laughs> Just search No Time to Grind Podcast on Instagram. You can find us there and you can suggest games. Uh, we're going to be changing our format soon, so stick around for that. Don't worry, man. You steez that. Yeah, i got to keep my steez on. Gnarly. Thanks very much for listening, guys. My name's been Adrian. I've been Matt Radical. <laughs> and I've been Michael. Don't be a snake. Now, I just want to... snake. I just wanted to say my name is Matt Radical. That's the whole... <laughs> oh. I didn't realize you changed it by default. Uh, is there a skate-based Pokemon, and how do I get it? Skate. Which Pokemon is the gnarliest? Skate Pikachu's probably. Oh, no, yeah. okay. The be- the most gnarly one's got to be Scrafty. He's he's literally a little like he's a little punk kid. Scrafty. Uh, yeah. 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 Okay. But but he's Sorry. from Gen Five, which apparently is filthy, huh? Yeah. Well, what else you got in there? What else is... Oh, let me have a look at Gen 5. Oh, look. It's Trubbish. Oh. Oh, everybody loves Trubbish. I'll put him next to Muck. Yeah. Hey. They're the same. <laughs> Muck is not... Muck could be like a, just a basic multicellular sort of organism that is slimy. He represents he... a... Poli- There's Wheezing, Muck, and Trubbish. Trubbish can... Trubbish finishes the trilogy. Yeah, exactly. You've got coughing, which is air pollution. You've got muck, which is the sea pollution. And but they're not literally. Fin- <laughs> they are literally. Look it up. Look at it. It's their Pokedex. You guys belly. know what muck actually is, right? Just listen. Look at it backwards. Yeah, it's like a <laughs> Ekans, Arbok, and muck. You just look at them backwards. 
ได้